Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today is Thursday, July 7th, 2022, and this episode covers all today's Major League Baseball games. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model for win probability, totals, hitter, and pitcher projections. We're going to make one side pick and one total pick on every game played Monday through Sunday, though there are no Sunday shows. That doesn't mean that I recommend you do the same. As my goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why the model or I like a certain play in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. As I go through my plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling. So what I'll give you are loves, likes, and leans to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I like to still be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Yesterday, a little bit of that bad variance we always talk about. One um, of the worst days in the season for the A plays. Every once in a while, that's going to happen. For the most part, they've been good. Yesterday wasn't so much. Um, I will say I, I, I find it interesting last week the model really thought the guardians are being undervalued um, and so we were kind of on them a lot i thought it was interesting just how quick it kind of turned and went from there's a lot of value on them every game to um, maybe the value's gone yesterday we faded them and got the win and the, just the the way that shifted with regards to the books lines and my lines i just thought that was interesting and, and i kind of mentioned it yesterday i think the same thing is happening here uh, with the Astros, that their edges have gotten smaller and smaller as well. So I think there's some just adjustments being made, um, a little more than I would expect it for July. Um, you know, those adjustments are always happening, but you kind of expect more of that after trades or injuries. But it's just kind of interesting that we're seeing uh, the model just kind of take different stances on teams and the books lines adjust as well. It's not just my model. I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, just kind of trying to play catch up here. Everyone's trying to play catch up to what we see and, and the data that we get, right, as, as quick as possible without overreacting um, and zigging and zagging because we don't want to react to randomness, uh, but we do want to react to uh, when a team is decent or not. And so I, just, I always find that interesting. Uh, before we get to today's slate, some reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And the only way, so you can get your notifications on to ensure you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides share with a friend if you know others in the game hit me up on twitter or drop a comment from youtube i love those and try to respond to as many as i can as many as i see since i've missed those uh and then again just as a reminder i encourage all y'all to have multiple sports books in your portfolio shop around i have a few that i recommend that have good prices on baseball games since that's where we're at right now the links are in the show's description and on the website www.pickswiththeprofessor com slash sports books we have 13 games today a couple in the afternoon a couple earlier in the evening and a couple late nights so spread out fairly well not starting off as early as usual it seems like 210 eastern first pitch pirates at the reds this is game one of a double header it'll be a warmer day in cincinnati will be in the mid to upper 80s no wind effect it should stay under five miles an hour but you have pretty strong hitters park there and the warmer day and two below average pitchers I, I like Contreras for the pirates i think he's got a lot of potential 
started off pretty strong, but it's kind of turned in the wrong direction for him. And now that the trend isn't really part of the model, it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, if he, if he looks good in the first start and bad in the second start, or even if you say he looks good in the first three and bad in the next three, it's less about he's not good. It's about, that's just six starts and he's got mixed results. If you look bad in the first three and good in the next three, it'd be about the same. Just the point being that um, as he's pitched more, we're kind of seeing he's not as good as we maybe hoped he would be right away. Still a young guy, still has lots of time to develop. But that 409 is a little bit good luck. The advanced metrics say it should be in the upper fours. I have him as a below average pitcher at this point. Again, there was hope he'd be above average. I think there was a point where I think that's how I, the model rated him, uh, but not so much now. Mike Miner, we talked about him before, is just bad. Um, there's really no other way to put it. 682 ERA in the advanced metrics. He should be about a half run better, which is still very bad. Now, that's only in 31 innings, so it's it's not you know completely 100%. That's exactly you know his true talent. But even his projection puts him more in the mid-fives. I think he's kind of only getting a boost in the model because he is a guy who can eat some innings. But otherwise, he's towards the very bottom uh, of, of the rating system. If it wasn't for the fact that he's a guy who we know can eat some innings, it, I think he'd be even worse. Two below-average pitchers here, uh, two below-average offenses, but two offenses that uh, at least aren't terrible. They just are a little bit below-average, but... Below average bullpens, below average starters, hitters park, warm day. This is a recipe for an over, and the nine is extremely low. I don't know if I'll make this the play of the day. I try to go with night games if I, if I can find something there. I like just as much in a day game just to give people more time throughout the day to see that right up on the website. But, I mean, nine makes zero sense to me. I expected this to be 10, maybe even 10 and a half. The model spits out 11.2. And I mean, 11 makes a lot of sense for this one. I just don't see how you can think that this total is going to stay low. Again, it's not that the offenses are great, but the offenses are less bad than the pitchers that we're going to see in this game in a warm day in a hitter's ballpark. If this was the, the last couple of years where we had those seven inning double headers, I'd say nine makes sense in something like that. But a full nine inning game, it blows my mind. I love this over nine. Minus 120, I don't really care that we're having to pay a tiny bit of a premium there. I think it's well worth it. I'd go over 9.5. I'd go over 10 in a heartbeat. I assume it's going to jump up simply because I can't I, – I, it makes no sense why it's this low. It almost has to jump up as people realize what's happening here. One of my favorite plays of the day. With regards to the side, I'll take a flyer on the Pirates. I think it's priced pretty well. The model says it's a coin flip game with the tiniest bit of edge to the Pirates, but, I mean, you're talking – rounding error this is a true coin flip game the pirates aren't good but they are better than the reds the offense is a tiny bit better the relievers are better not good but they're better than the reds who have one of the worst pins in baseball and Contreras, like i said he's been a little disappointing because i had a little bit higher hopes for him a month ago but he's still a better pitcher than minor so the pirates are a little bit better of a team offset by being on the road a true coin toss game i'll take my chances that i think Contreras has a little bit more upside than minor at this point, at least until Miner shows that he could regain previous form. And maybe that happens. Maybe it's today. It's a reason why I don't want to be overinvested in it because at some point he can. It's just he hasn't done it so far. So I'll be on the Pirates. Just a lean, though. Like I said, I think it's priced pretty well. There's not a lot of value on one side or the other. At the same time, slot the other game at 110 Central Time Royals at the Astros. I mentioned this in the intro, the prices on the Astros are starting to jump from the books and get to that point like we talked about, realizing just how good they are. The edges were very strong those first two days, and we were able to 
cash on a couple of A plays. Edge was smaller last night, so we decreased our, our wager, and it's going to be even smaller today. I was a little bit afraid we were going to have to be on the Rockies on this one. Thankfully, I think the number, again, hasn't quite caught the Astros yet, but it's catching it. It's catching it fast, in my opinion. I'm just glad we don't have to be on the Royals on this one. It is massive plus odds, and they, and they won his underdogs yesterday, but Chris Bubik versus Justin Verlander is almost as big of a pitching discrepancy as you can have. It, it's it's not the biggest one, but, I mean, if you just pull two random pitchers, this is like top 5% in pitching discrepancies. The Astros are at home. They have a much better offense, much better relief core. I mean, it, 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 the model says minus 338, and so I'll take a flyer on the Astros at 335. There's really no value in this. There's really no value in laying those big odds. You can go run line. Uh, the Astros have won a couple of one-run games in Verlander starts. It's almost like the the offense kind of just takes the night off a lot of times, saying, like, oh, Verlander's got this. It doesn't happen all the time, but it happens more than it should. It's not just him. A lot of offenses do seem to struggle a little bit more with better pitching, just thinking that guy's got it. So with that said, too, I'll be on the under eight. Also, just I don't think there's a lot of value. As much as I'm concerned about the Astros offense taking the, the, the day off, Bubik is not good in that Royals relief. Uh, the Royals relievers are just not very good either. So uh, I'll be on the under. I don't really see the Royals scoring. They've scored a lot so far. It's been very impressive. I've been surprised. I have to assume we all have been. Um, you know, if you're on the Royals yesterday, you know, kudos to you on that. A great plus odds winner. But the number of runs they scored this series is just really surprising. The Astros have had pretty good starters and pretty good relievers. You know, maybe not number one in baseball. They might not actually be that, you know, that sort of thing, but pretty good. And the Royals scored a lot of runs, so kudos to them. It, it seems like a, a Verlander's the type of guy who's going to go out there and be like, I got this, and be like, this team's bad. I'm going to go shut them out. That's just kind of the way I, I feel like Verlander does. Uh, so I don't see the Royals scoring much. There's probably not a lot of value, though, in the Royals team total under because you're looking at a number like two and a half probably even with juice. I mean, so it, it's it's going to be priced probably pretty accordingly. I'm not the only one who thinks Verlander's good. You're not the only one who thinks Verlander's good. We all know this. So I'll, I'll, I'll lean under just because if the Royals don't score, it kind of relies on the Astros to score. I just can't be that confident because we keep talking about it's very possible with this Astros team um, to put up runs in a heartbeat. And against this pitching staff, they could. Um, so this is a game that, like I said, I'm not going to be overly invested in. I think it's priced pretty well all the way around. I'll be on the Astros at minus 335, but there's just no value really in this number. Um, and it's one, if, if you're just looking for action and you're throwing something like this in a parlay, it's not priced so bad that I think it's a bad investment. We talked about this a lot here recently, especially as the odds are getting higher, that if you're laying way too big of odds, you may be adding more risk to your parlay than the benefit of the payout. This is one where it's probably about right. I mean, you're, you're adding a little bit of risk, but you're getting a little more payout. It probably doesn't matter if you want to go for it. If you don't, that's also fine too. Uh, I just don't think the Royals are investable uh, unless you get to a number maybe like plus 350, plus 400. If you got something like that, maybe. But otherwise, they have a chance because anything can happen. But I just don't think they have a good enough chance to really be worthy of an investment at the current price. Like I said, overall, I think it's priced pretty well. So again, I'm mostly going to be sitting on the sidelines for one late afternoon game, Nationals at the Phillies, 4.05 Eastern, first pitch. Weather-wise here, we're going to be in about 80 degrees to start, low se- or upper 70s to finish. A chance of rain throughout the day, though, uh, here, about 40% coverage, so something to keep an eye on there with regards to the weather. The winds will be blowing 
in or across, I'll always talk about this, probably not a huge effect. When it's this in slash across, I give it about half the effect of a true in or, you know, a true type in effect. Um, eight miles an hour at the start, eight miles an hour at the finish. So maybe rain, maybe this game has a delay or not or two. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe the wind's blowing in a little bit. Maybe it's blowing a little bit across. A lot of questions with the weather. And that's why I'm only going to lean on this over. There's just too many variables here to say what will happen when the game happens, what the wind does, that sort of thing. Over 10, I think, makes a little bit of sense with the even money. Both of these pitchers are really bad. But given that the wind might be blowing in, if there's any delay and all of a sudden it gets a little bit cooler at night, it's just less conducive for an over. So I'll be on the over 10, but it's just a lean. There's just too much variability. I do like the even money, though. That always helps just because sometimes in really good hitting environments, you see a two to one game and sometimes in great <laughs> pitching environments, you see seven to six. So there's just a lot of randomness that the odds matter on something like this, especially in the long run. So I'll be on the over, but just a lean. And I'll take the Phillies at minus 181. The model says minus 170. So the model says there's not value on either side. I couldn't back Joanna Doan unless the price was just insane. I mean, every every pitcher, every team has a buy point, but I'm not sure what it would really be with him. He's been terrible. They've lost all but like one, maybe one or two of their games that he's pitched in of the 13, and I think almost all of them by two runs or more. So if you want to look Phillies run line, you could. I, I looked at that. I just, there's just there's not a lot of value. I think it's priced pretty well. There's, they're, they're giving us the penalty for having it back. Adon, and, and that makes sense as bad as he's been. But I will say, even though he's got a 70 RA, the advanced metrics say it should be more in the low five. So he's very bad. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sure he's quite as terrible as those numbers. So at some point, if he has a decent start or two, it wouldn't surprise me. I'm not saying it'll be tonight, but it's one I just don't want to be too heavily invested in at these minus odds. And I don't want to be too invested in a run line given if it's a fireworks game, falter for the Phillies is not good. If it's a fireworks type game, and who knows what's going to happen, I don't really want to be laying a run and a half of the home team. So it's one, like I said, I just think there's better investment opportunities today, personally. So I've got a lean on the Phillies and a lean on the over, but I don't really like either one of them. Uh, Falter actually projects in my system worse than Adon does. So it just tells you the lack of faith I have in both starters, which is again why I'm on the over. There's just enough weirdness with the weather, and I don't really trust either offense at this point. So it's not one that – it's what I'd love to be stronger on the over. It's one I was hoping was going to be 9, but at 10 – it's probably more likely to go over than not, but it's not one that I have a lot of faith in. To the night game, 7.05 Eastern start time. Angels at the Orioles. It'll be about the same weather there as in Philadelphia. We're going to start off at 80 degrees. We're going to close in the mid-70s. Maybe some rain early on, but it looks like that's going to clear out as the night goes on. So it might have a delay, but it looks like it should play as of right now. The winds will be blowing in from right field but at five miles an hour or under so very minimal help there on the wind front mostly going to play like a neutral type setup it's a little bit warm to start versus an average uh, night game in baltimore across the season not just in the summer in the summer it's a you know a lot hotter there but overall it's a, it's a slightly warmer but a wind blowing slightly in as it cools off that wind dies down gonna play pretty true to average there in baltimore today chase silseth versus jordan lyles Silseth in his five starts is a 523 ERA. Advanced metrics say be about a half run better, but I have him as below average. Lyles is a guy we've talked a lot about this year. Having a pretty solid season, right around average, 
Again, I think he might be a little bit better than that. His advanced metrics are better than his ERA, but not by much. He's not a great pitcher. Uh, but I like Lyles more than Silseth in this spot. I think the Orioles have a starting pitcher edge. I think they have an edge with regards to the relievers, who are at least average, whereas the Angels relievers, I, I don't trust whatsoever. And that uh, the, the edge that the Angels have is with their offense, just because the Orioles offense, I don't trust at all. But in general, the Orioles at minus 105, I think, is a little bit insulting. It's an A-grade pick from Baltimore. They're not great. And every time we back them, they give us a heart attack, it seems like, whether they end up winning or, or blowing it late uh, of late but i just look at this angels team is very good the model says orioles minus 118 basically the model says you know a tiny edge for the orioles with the relievers and a tiny edge maybe on the starting pitcher and they're at home and that's offset by the fact the angels have a better offense so the orioles should at least get the home field advantage and they aren't here with these odds so i don't quite understand why the orioles are getting a little bit more respect than this they're a decent team um, again, they've come a long way. I didn't expect them to be, even be decent. I expected them to still be bad. Uh, I expected them more, you know, in the low 70 win count if they were going to have a solid season. And, like, maybe they might actually get to the upper 70s. And uh, So, like I said, a, a decent enough team. Um, I think they can handle this Angels team. A great pick for me. I, I, like I said, I think there's a lot of value at this number. I think something in the minus 115 to minus 120 range makes a lot more sense. So I'll be all over Baltimore tonight. I'll be on the under eight and a half. I think this number should be somewhere between eight and eight and a half. So I think there's a little bit of value going under eight and a half and a little bit of value with the even money. So a B grade for me here. Um, I was uh, kind of expecting to have to lay something like minus 120 to go under eight and a half. So just a little bit extra value. Like I said, I don't really trust the Angels offense. I don't. Just the Orioles offense, they've been mostly another team. So I think it makes a lot of sense, but I like it a little bit less than I like just taking Baltimore to win this one. 7-10 Eastern first pitch game two in Cincinnati. It'll be warm to start, but it'll cool off as the night goes along. So a really warm game one um, and a really warm start to game two. Still be in the mid-upper 80s, but by the end of the night, it should be uh, more in the upper 70s. No wind effect here in this one. Bryce Wilson for the Pirates in a bullpen game for the Reds. I've thrown in Robert Duggar. That's what Fangraph says. It doesn't really matter. Um, assuming it's another generic reliever, the model's going to spit out either the same number or more or less the same number, and it'll be rounding error um, because it's not something that he's projected to have a big impact. It's more just the overall bullpen. If it's these two pitchers, the model says also a coin toss game. A bullpen game for the Reds is a very scary thought, but also Bryce Wilson is a very scary thought. So it's a situation where the pitching is going to be bad. The model spits out a number of 12 for what this total should be. And I don't think it'll be 12. I'm guessing we're going to be on the over. There's just so much bad pitching. I, I, I kind of feel like we're going to go double A grade over on this and say there's so much bad pitching involved. One of these games for sure is getting over, and it's a good chance they both do, unless this is priced way higher than I expect it to be. So you never really know what number they're going to hang, but, I mean, there's going to be some terrible pitching in this game, even worse than the first game. And it's not even like the teams can save good arms for the second game. There aren't very many good arms in either bullpen. So I just I really think there's going to be a lot of runs. It feels like a coin toss type game. Based off what the price comes out, I'll tweet out a pick and add that to the sheet later in the day. 
17 Eastern first pitch. Marlins at the Mets. Nice night in New York. Upper 70s to start, low 70s to close. The winds will be blowing in from right field at 10 miles an hour to start, but by the end of the night, they'll drop to about 5 miles an hour and start to be a little bit across and in. So again, it'll play like a fairly neutral night because as it's a little bit warmer, we're going to get some wind help, but that wind help's going to die out as it cools off. Daniel Castano versus Trevor Williams. Castano is a 2.42 ERA, but the advanced metrics say that it is smoke and mirrors, and it should be a full two runs higher than that, as he projects to be below average. Trevor Williams also projects to be below average, a 4.34 ERA, and that is uh, you know, what you see is what you get. He's just an average pitcher at best, probably below average, and the guy's not going to give you a ton of length either most nights. The issue here is that the Marlins' offense right now just rates really badly. A couple guys out. Their bullpen, though, is still solid. The Mets' bullpen is great. And the Mets' offense is good, but less good against righties than lefties. So they are getting a little bit of a, um, a Doc Vayer. Model says Mets minus 162. I'll take the Mets minus 153. My main play, though, is the under. Like I said, I think the Mets' offense can probably score off Castano, but I don't think they're going to really light him up. I just don't know if they're good enough at this point in a more pitcher-friendly ballpark to do that. I think the Mets score some runs. I'm not sure the Marlins can score much of anything right now. They're just hurting so much offensively. I hope Trevor Williams doesn't go that long because I'd rather get into the Mets' bullpen because they have a lot of depth. Nine seems like a gift. This total should definitely be eight maybe even seven and a half i mean we saw the mets a couple days ago in cincinnati play that nothing nothing into the ninth game and that's obviously just one game but i i something like that happens and it's you see that and you say yeah the, the mets offense can be good but they're not astros level they're not yankees level they're not dodgers level that sort of thing and again castano I don't think he's as good as those numbers, but he's not terrible. And again, when you get to the Marlins bullpen, they have depth. I just think there's a lot of decent relievers here that can keep this under nine. I, nine, I just don't understand nine whatsoever. Uh, that's really all there is to say about it. It makes no sense. It's way too high, in my opinion. Um, I'll be on the Mets. Models are a little edge there. But like I said, I really just love this under. I feel like this is a game the Mets probably win like four to two. It kind of reminds me of the game last night with the Angels, um, Mets offense a little bit better uh, than the Angels offense. Uh, difference there is that they let Rodgers go just a little bit too long. Rodgers isn't a good enough pitcher to face. We were on the Marlins last night that hurt, and they hung in there. Rodgers did good the first two times through the lineup, but Rodgers is not a good enough pitcher to face uh, Trout, Warden, Otani a third time through, and that third time you didn't know which one was going to get him. He hit Trout, and then Otani hits, a I think, a three-run home run. It made no sense. That was a horrible decision. You let a good pitcher go that third time through those guys, but those three guys are really good hitters. The Mets obviously have some good hitters too, but I just have to assume that he won't make the same mistake again, that Castano is not a guy who should be going to the top of that lineup a third time unless he's cruising, and Rodgers wasn't cruising last night. He was you know, dodging traffic left and right. So assuming we can avoid that fate and get some of those relievers, I think we just have a much better chance of getting – a bunch of runs on us on a couple of guys who could hit like last night. Obviously Otani is a fantastic pitcher and is much better than Trevor Williams, but I just don't trust this Marlins team to score at this point with all the injuries they've got. 
So I see it being a lot like last night. If the Mets win, I think it was 5-2, but the Angels did. It would not surprise me at all. So I'm on the Mets, and I'm on the under in that one. 7-10 Eastern first pitch, a bit of a rivalry game here if you were unaware. Yankees at the Red Sox. Should be a fun one there. Nice weather, 75 degrees to start, low 70s to close. Winds will be blowing out to left field at 5 to 10 miles an hour. So a little bit of a boost there on the wind. Temperature's not going to help us out a ton, but of course Fenway is a hitter-friendly ballpark. Garrett Cole versus Josh Winkowski. We know Cole is really good, 299 ERA, advanced metrics, basically right there with it. Winkowski, though, maybe maybe surprisingly, has had a good season, only five starts, but a 312 ERA, and the advanced metrics are right there with him. His rating kind of continues to improve as each start goes along. Obviously an edge to the Yankees with regards to Cole, but it's just not as big as I think most people would think. If you just kind of looked at this, your first thought is huge starting pitcher edge. I don't think that's the case. I really like Cole. I think he's great. Um, but Winkowski is not that far behind him. Obviously the Yankees offense, better than the Red Sox offense. Yankees bullpen, better than the Red Sox. But I think all these edges are a lot smaller than people realize. That's why I'm on the Red Sox at plus 149. It's a B-grade pick. I can't go too heavy fading Cole because Cole can dominate the game by himself. But the model says Yankees minus 122, and I, I think that makes sense. Again, the Yankees are the better team, but they're not better by a ton in any one aspect of the game, and then being on the road matters. If this game was in New York, I think this number makes sense, but in Boston, I don't quite understand this line. I think there's value on the Red Sox. Again, the Yankees are still the better team, and they are more likely to win this game than not. But it's a situation where laying minus 160, minus 170 on the Yankees just seems crazy to me because there's not one area that I can say the Yankees have a massive edge. If anything, you might say they have that sort of edge in the bullpen. The bullpens are very volatile, and at this point, the ratings that I have on these two bullpens are a lot closer than their actual results. Results on bullpens are, can be kind of misleading, especially in only half-season samples. So Yankees still better bullpen for sure, but I just don't think it's by maybe as much as you'd think. Again, Cole, better pitcher for sure, just maybe not by as much as you think. Yankees offense better than the Red Sox offense, but maybe all those things not by as much as you'd think. I think there's a lot of value on the Red Sox. I'll take them at plus 149, and I'll take a flyer on the over, 8.5. I think the total should be – nine i just don't like the fact that we're having to pay a premium minus 120 and i can never be confident going in and over with cole just because he can't dominate he might get hit around that absolutely happens and i'm hoping that happens given that i'm on the red sox but he also is more likely than all but a couple pitchers in baseball to go seven shutout innings and so i don't want to be too heavy on the over there so i think there's a tiny bit of value but not enough to be invested too much so i'll take a lean on that over eight and a half 720 Eastern first pitch Cardinals at the Braves, a Cardinals team that I still think is good, but just hasn't been getting it done for us here the last couple nights. They'll try it again here tonight against the Braves. It'll be a warm one, 90 degrees to start, low 80s to close, maybe some rain early on, something to keep an eye on there, those pop-up showers that we see here in the south. Winds will be blowing out to left field about five miles an hour throughout the entire game, so a tiny bit of help on the wind, not a ton, a lot of help on the temperature, especially if there's no delay. The model spits out a total of 10. I'm on an A grade here over nine. I, I'm surprised this isn't nine and a half. I love Spencer Strider. I've been talking about him all season. Y'all know about that. But with this weather and two above average offenses, I'm just surprised that it's not nine and a half. I love over nine. Um, at nine and a half, I probably go over, but it 
definitely drops a letter grade. And depending on the odds, it might even drop two, uh, depending on what type of juice you'd have to pay on that. Because nine is a very likely situation. I just think ten is nine and ten are the two most likely options for this game. And so if you take your two most likely options and one pushes and one wins, that makes a lot of sense there for why you want to be on the over. So it's an A grade over nine. Like I said, I love Strider. There's not much to say about him. Um, y'all know I've had him as a top, you know, top 20, top 30 pitcher once he's entered the rotation, basically. Um, the, you know, for the middle, whatever third of the season here. Liberatory, not good for the Cardinals. A guy who I hope doesn't go very long because I hope we get in that Cardinals bullpen, which is fairly solid and offers a little bit of depth. Um, the sooner we can get him out, the more likely we can win this Cardinals play. It's one I'm not overly confident in just because there is a huge starting pitcher edge for the Braves. Um, I just think minus 210 is a crazy high number for Atlanta. If you wanted to back the Braves, I guess you probably do it on the run line. Um, you know, Strider is good. Braves relievers are good. But I still think then you're just not getting the value you need. To me, it's Cardinals or pass. And if you want to pass, especially the way the Cardinals have been playing lately, I wouldn't blame you. Um, but I, I mean, the model says Braves minus 158. That's still a 61% win probability. I still have the Cardinals as a better offense than the Braves. I think their bullpen can match them. I mean, it, it, the Cardinals offense is probably better than the Braves by enough to nullify the home field advantage. It's really then all we're talking about is how much better Strider is than Liberatory. And the answer is a lot. Don't be a jerk in the comments and be like, oh, Strider's better than Liberatory. I, no kidding. We all know that. <laughs> you aren't breaking any news, right? Make some fun comments. Ask some fun questions. Don't make stupid comments, right? We all know Strider is really good. It's just how much is that going to affect the probability that they win? And, and to me, if you say the answer is 10%, I say, sure, I've already got the Braves going from what should be a coin tossy type game with everything else up to 61%. It's just, it's hard to say that that difference is going to make it get to the point where Braves minus 210 is profitable. That's just my take on it. Again, I love Strider. I think he's a ton better than Liberatory. It's just the number seems too high. So I'm on the Cardinals B grade pick. To me, like I said, it's Cardinals or pass. And I, like I said, I just, I love this over. The weather is just really conducive for a lot of runs tonight in Atlanta. 18 Eastern first pitch, Tigers with the White Sox. White Sox uh, got a win yesterday and a wild one. Um, I'm not sure they deserve to win. I'm not sure anybody deserved to win that game. <laughs> that was something. And the Tigers, a team we've talked a lot about, really maybe getting on a roll finally. Uh, every time we start kind of thinking, you know, one thing or the other about them, they then go the other direction. Uh, White Sox should have a huge edge in this one just because of the starting pitchers. Dylan Cease is fantastic. Uh, not quite below an 80 in my rating system, but pretty close. 251 ERA advanced metrics say should be able to quarter of a run higher than that. Um, not much to say about him other than he's really, really good. The Tigers offense, not good. He should have a ton of success. Bo Brisky for the Tigers, not good. 450 ERA in the advanced metrics say it should be a little bit worse. So huge edge with a starting pitcher for the White Sox. It's very similar to the game we talked about previously. Backing Bo Brisky is not something that I'm excited about. Um, fading Dylan Cease is not something I'm excited about, just like that last game. Um, White Sox have a better offense. Relievers should actually give the edge to the Tigers. I think that's not kind of that crazy, even with Hendricks back, this White Sox bullpen. Maybe a little above average, but the Tigers' pit is fairly solid. Model says White Sox minus 187. It's a same sort of thing like I said in that last game. White Sox minus 231. It's just a really steep price. I think the White Sox probably win this game. So 
if you pass, I think that's a, I think that's a wise decision. Or if you're going to be on someone, like I said, I just think the Tigers are worth the flyer here at plus 209. There's a ton of value. Again, the White Sox aren't going to win every game that C starts. They haven't, they haven't already, and they won't continue to do that. Um, I don't know if the Tigers are figuring anything out or not. I honestly have zero idea. It's just about the fact that I think this price is too inflated. So I'll be on the Tigers, plus 209, B grade pick. Not one I'm excited about, but one that I just say, at some point you have to trust that the number is too inflated. And if you're if you're taking dogs, you know, smart dogs, some of these big plus odds, they're not going to hit a ton, but when they hit, it will more than make up for when they don't hit. It's almost a situation where, and I just, with the Cardinals and Tigers tonight, I really just hope one wins. Um, I don't think both will. I mean, if both do, it's even better, right? But as long as one of them wins, we're more than covering the losses that the other one has. Um, so I'll be on the dog there. But I love under eight. A great pick for me. This total should be seven. And honestly, if you made it six and a half, I don't think that's crazy. I probably would. I would not go under six and a half. I'd go over six and a half if it was. But like, I can see a case for it. The model spits out 6.7. This White Sox offense, as we well know, not as good against righties as it is against lefties. This Tigers offense, as we know, not good at all. Both bullpens are above average. I mean, the White Sox probably get a couple runs off of Brisky, but they're going to struggle a little bit off the Tigers bullpen, I think. And I don't see Cease giving up much. Eight seems absurd for me on this one. I love this under. I think it's just way too high. Weather-wise, it's going to be in the mid to low 70s, and the winds be blowing in at 5 to 10 miles an hour. So it's not even a, a good hitter's environment there. You know, if this was an 85-degree night, I'd say sure. 90-degree night, okay, I'm with you. But mid to low 70s and a breeze blowing in with Cease on the mound and with the Tigers who you never really trust to score a lot of runs, especially on a good pitcher. I, I mean, to me, if you're going over on this one, if you go over on this one, you're saying you think the White Sox, White Sox are going to score seven runs. So at that point, just play the White Sox team total over. Um, I don't think the White Sox score seven. But if, if that's the only thing I think you can argue because I don't think you can really argue that the Tigers are going to score, you know, three or four runs off of Cease. And they might, of course. I'm just saying that wouldn't – that would seem weird. It would seem weird for you to think the Tigers are going to score three or four off of Cease because that's not generally what we're expecting. We're expecting to score like two, right? So uh, I love this under. It makes a ton of sense for me here. And like I said, if, if you think the if you're worried about the White Sox scoring, then just take their team total over if that's the angle you think you have. But I think it'll be a low-scoring game. I think the Tigers have a puncher's chance. kind of reminds me of that Cubs-Brewers game yesterday where I thought, hey, Corbin Burns is fantastic. Dylan Cease is fantastic. But I think this can be a low-scoring game. Tigers, like the Cubs yesterday, have a puncher's chance and a plus 209. I think it's too good of an investment to pass up, but I wouldn't go too heavy on it because the payout's going to be fantastic if it does hit. 940 Eastern first pitch, Rockies at the Diamondbacks. Another line that really confuses me here. The model thinks Diamondbacks should be a minus 128 favorite. Basically thinks this number is completely flipped. Diamondbacks plus 120 is an A-grade pick for me here. This is the most confusing line, I think, of the day for me. Dallas Keuchel's not good. But Austin Gomber isn't good either. Um, both of these guys have insanely high ERAs. Both of them have advanced metrics 
that say they aren't as bad as this. Um, but it's a pretty similar story with Gomber just being a little bit better than Keigel, but not by a lot. And you might say, well, Gomber had a better year last year, and so maybe he can find that. And I say, sure. Keigel's had many good years in the past. Now he's back with his former pitching coach that he hasn't been with in a couple of years. Maybe that'll help too. Probably both of those are wrong. Probably both of these are just bad pitchers. <laughs> you know, so I mean, if you if you squint hard enough and try to create the right narrative, maybe you make a case that one of these pitchers actually has some upside. But I think both of those are a stretch. Both these pitchers are bad. And how much worse one is than the other, to me, is fairly rounding error. Again, maybe Gloomberg's a little bit better, but I mean, I just don't, neither one of these guys is good. You have two bad starting pitchers. You have two bad bullpens. Uh, I have the Dimebacks bullpen is a little bit better. So, I mean, I have, you know, not good pitching in this game. And then you go to the offensive side and I have two bad offenses. Um, I have the Dimebacks offense overall a little bit better, but weaker against lefties. We had this matchup last week. Uh, so we talked about that here. Uh, I saw Keiko pitch, I think it was last week against the Rockies. And he gave up a few runs in the first, or maybe might have been somebody else. I gave up a few runs in the first off of a, a questionable defensive play and then kind of settled in. Like it didn't look terrible. And that's, I mean, kind of think the thing about Gober, like he usually has a rough inning, but he doesn't look terrible. I just, I really see it hard to differentiate between these two teams, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Neither one of these teams is good. The Diamondbacks have two more wins on the season than the Rockies do. So they're a little bit better on the record. Now, I'll be the first one to tell you that doesn't mean a ton, but within the division, it means a little bit more because they're playing more or less the same schedule. The point being the Rockies, you can't say are that much better are better than the Diamondbacks. I think I, I, you look at the records, they're similar. You look at these pitchers, they're similar. Look at these offenses, they're similar. These bullpens are similar. Like it's all rounding error. These two teams are bad. Don't watch this game, people. This is bad baseball. The Rockies have some of the most extreme home road splits ever. They always do every single season. And they're favored in Arizona in a game that, like, if you swapped, if everybody swapped jerseys, you'd be like, yeah, this is still bad baseball. I just don't understand. It makes zero sense to me. Dimebacks plus 120 has a ton of value. I think this is a coin toss game, and you give the Dimebacks a little bit of an edge for home field. The model is a little bit more favorable to the Dimebacks in that. The model thinks that the fact that we're going to get to the bullpen is probably pretty soon and that the Diamondbacks have a better bullpen than the Rockies. Um, the fact that the offenses flip against lefties at that edge is going to diminish quickly because we're going to get to the bullpen soon. Model thinks the Diamondbacks should be a minus 128 favorite, 56% win probability. Somewhere between that and 53%, I think, is where you have to be. I don't know how the Diamondbacks aren't favored. Both these teams are bad, and I don't see how you come up with an angle that says one team has a huge edge. Because if you're going to talk about starting pitchers, let me I can tell you all day long how bad Austin Gomer is because I'm not saying he's – Keichel's good, but they both are bad. So my point just being there's this like confuses me. So I'm on the Diamondbacks plus 120. I think there's a lot of value in this number. It's a coin tossy type game. This is not a lock. This is not the Diamondbacks absolutely win this game. It's a I don't know what's gonna happen in crap baseball. Why are you getting why am I getting plus 120 odds with the home team? Is basically my point on this one. With regards to the total, I'll take the under nine and a half. The model says 9.2. I think there's a little bit of value on the under. I think there's a little bit of value on even money. So this is kind of about the price. If you had to lay minus 115 or minus 120, it would drop to a C grade. I don't love either pitch set of pitchers. But I don't love either set of hitters either. So it's really just about the even money here. At any other odd, you know, minus 115, like I said, that sort of thing, a whole lot less investment. I just I can be a little more invested because even money offers solid value. Nine's a reasonable outcome. 
but I don't trust either one of these pitchers. Thankfully, though, I don't trust either one of the offenses either. So I'll be on the under, but main investment again. Loving these plus odds in a coin toss type game for the home team. 9-4 Eastern first pitch, Giants at the Padres. Nice night in San Diego to start. We run 70 degrees. A little chillier as we move along. Mid-60s to close. Kind of a normal night in San Diego. Wind blowing across. So no effect there. Two great pitchers, Logan Webb versus Joe Musgrove. Both of these guys are in the low 80s in my rating system. Not much to say about both of them. Webb's advanced metrics lined up exactly with the ZRA. Musgrove's are a little bit higher. Um, but, I mean, a little bit higher than his ERA. But his ERA is at 225. So, I mean, both these guys are great. Y'all know it. I know it. We all know it. Um, both these offenses can struggle at times. I have the Giants offense at fairly above average. Um, but, of course, their relievers are a little bit worse than the Padres. So that kind of balances that out. Model says Padres minus 121. I'll take a flyer on the Giants at plus 120. I think the Giants offense is stronger than the Padres offense by enough to offset the weaker bullpen, especially because I'm not sure how involved the bullpens will be in this game. Both these starting pitchers are going to try to go eight innings. And so with less bullpen action happening, I'll take the better offense with the Giants, but I think it's priced pretty well. Um, so like I said, a lean to the Giants at plus 120 not really much value though if you get to plus 125 upper plus 120s that becomes a b grade where now you've got a little bit more value but right now only a lean and i'll go under seven with an a grade this total for sure should be six and a half a hundred percent maybe even six and a half with like minus 115 on the under in my opinion the totals that the model spits out is a number less than six and a half it's an A grade. It's an A minus grade. I don't love the minus 120. That's the only slight hesitation is we are paying a premium for it. So it's an A minus under. I think the under makes a lot of sense. But like I said, that minus 120, just a little bit of a, you know, wish I could pay minus 115 here, minus 110. But like I said, this total should be six and a half. Again, still a pitcher-friendly ballpark, even though if it's playing more neutral than in years past. Really just about these two fantastic starting pitchers and two offenses that aren't really built to score tons of runs. Again, the better offense being the Giants, but I think they're going to have a hard time against Musgrove because just about everybody has a hard time against Musgrove. So I love the under seven there. A great pick. And like I said, I'll take a fly on the Giants at plus 120. Should be an interesting game. Should be low scoring. Anything can happen. 10 Eastern first pitch Cubs at the Dodgers, a game that most people would say probably not anything could happen. The Dodgers, overwhelming favorite, should win this one. Weather-wise, we're in the mid-70s to start, mid-60s to close, so it'll get chillier as the night goes along. Winds will be blowing out at about 10 miles an hour to start, 5 miles an hour to finish, so a kind of normal night in LA. That's kind of how it's built into the park factor. That's kind of what we normally see. Mark Leiter Jr. for the Cubs. Advanced metrics say his ERA should be about one run better than the 485 that he's put up. Still a below average pitcher, though. A guy that the Dodgers should score some runs off of. Of course, they couldn't last night off of Urena. It just goes to show baseball can be kind of random and unpredictable. Tony Gonsolin, I mean, just a fantastic season. Again, can't take anything away from that. 154 ERA. The advanced metrics say it should be two runs higher. So he's still good. If he actually had a 350 ERA, that would be good. But a little bit of smoke and mirrors. The issue is I'm not sure the Cubs are the team to make 
to, to, to bring that to light, right? The Cubs are not the type of offense to really, um, you know, put up seven runs off of them and bump a ZRA, you know, half a point and say, yeah, look, he, you know, he's, he's not as good as those numbers are. That Cubs offense is, isn't very good. Both relievers are pretty good, though. So I'll be on the under at eight and a half. Uh, I think this total should be eight. A B-grade pick, not an A-grade pick, because we are having to lay the premium for it. So if you could get, you know, maybe minus 105, especially if you get even money, be an A-grade. But it loses a little bit because the odds that we're having to pay on this one. I don't think the Cubs really score. Like I said, I don't think Gonson's as good as that ERA, but he's still very good. And this Cubs offense is not. So I don't think the Cubs score very many runs in this one. Um, so I'll be on the under. It's just I, I want not I want under nine or I want better odds in the under eight and a half to get to an A grade. I wouldn't mind paying a premium under nine if I had to pay minus one twenty, minus one twenty five. It wouldn't bother me. But having to pay minus one nineteen for under eight and a half, I think under's the right side here. It's just not one that I'm excited about. And with regards to the side, the model says this number should be two thirty four. So I'll take the Cubs at plus two thirty four just to lean. I think it can be low scoring and then anything can happen just like last night. The Cubs relievers are good enough that if, if leader doesn't give up a ton of runs, only gives up maybe two runs or something, the Cubs could hang in there and, and accidentally win this. We're to the point here with the Dodgers, just minus 260, minus 270. It's just a little too steep in my opinion. They probably win this game. It's just they don't win it enough times, in my opinion, for this to be a profitable wager. So I'll be on the Cubs just to lean, though. I think it's priced fairly well. And so with regards to the side, it's one that I think sitting out makes a lot of sense. Um, if the odds in the Cubs get better, which might happen throughout the day, you know, if you were getting a, a plus 250, maybe it's worth a, a small investment just because they got a puncher's chance kind of thing. But it's it's not one, at least right now, that I think offers a ton of value. Um, but like I said, with some of the other big dogs, I think it's kind of Cubs or pass. And if you pass, I think that, that's totally fine. Losing zero is a lot better than losing on an underdog who gets down 5 nothing in the first inning. But in general, my more favorite play is the under. Again, I think the Dodgers probably score a little bit off a leader, but I just don't know how much they can score. I don't think the Cubs score very many, so under 8.5. I think it's a solid investment there. And then to wrap us up, 10-10 Eastern, first pitch, Blue Jays at the Mariners. Blue Jays, uh, looks like they're throwing Casey Lawrence, um, a guy... I don't know much about he's starting here. Um, they started Thomas Hatch the other day. So when the Blue Jays did go to a new pitcher, I'm very nervous because the last guy they did was Thomas Hatch, who was terrible. So I've got a little bit of nervousness right there off the bat. Uh, I don't know much about Lawrence. Uh, all I know is what the numbers pull in, uh, which is very little on him. So I'm kind of treating this more as a bullpen game. Um Marco Gonzalez for the Mariners. Uh, again, a guy who is smoking mirrors, 329 ERA. It's partially that low because Seattle, as I mentioned, has become one of the most extreme pitchers parks of the season. It's really up there with uh, Tampa and Oakland and that top, those are the top three. Uh, kind of by a long shot. No one else is even really, no other park is even close, uh, if I remember correctly. So I don't think he's as good as that 329 ERA. I think he's benefited by the park. He's average, really, at best. The rating system... Gives him a 105. Uh, not a guy I like, but without knowing much more about Casey Lawrence, I probably would still take Marco Gonzalez over Lawrence. He's at least going to give you some length. And then when you get to the bullpen, the Mariners' bullpen, I think is a whole lot better than the Blue Jays' bullpen. Blue Jays, of course, have an edge on offense. And they do hit lefties better, and that's what Gonzalez is. So the Blue Jays have a chance to score some runs here off Gonzalez. 
Um, but I think it's kind of a coin tossy type setup. As much of an edge as the Blue Jays have on offense, I think the Mariners will have on pitching. So I think that all kind of balances out. The model says Mariners minus 117, which is more or less just home field advantage and just says, hey, the Mariners are home, so they should be slightly more likely to win. But uh, it's really a tale of two sides of the coin. This is the uh, great offense, you know, football, great offense meets a great defense. And then the other team has a, a bad offense and a, a bad defense. Like that sort of thing. Like what's going to happen? Um you know, the strongest units on the field are going to be the Blue Jays hitting and the Mariners pitching. And the weakest units on the field are going to be the Mariners hitting and the Blue Jays pitching. So I don't know what's going to happen in this one. A coin toss type scenario in my mind, if this is the pitching matchup we have, again, the model says Mariners minus 117. So I will tweet out a pick and add that to the sheet whenever numbers become available. So I'll recap here. The Apex, again, didn't go as well yesterday, so hoping we can have a better day today with those. To start off in game one of the doubleheader in Cincinnati, I've got over nine at minus 120, and I'll probably have an A play on the over in that second game, especially if I can get a number like 10. I, I think that would be that would make a lot of sense. I'm taking the Orioles at minus 105 at home against the Angels. The under nine in Marlins and Mets. The over nine in Cardinals and Braves. The under eight in Tigers and White Sox. Taking the Diamondbacks at plus 120 at home against the Rockies. And then the Giants and Padres under seven. Again, more picks coming based off of lines being released later throughout the day. Check Twitter. Check the sheet for those. Again, the links are in the show's description if you don't have them. And that's all I have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Reminder to check out that Google sheet for picks, projections, results, Got a lot of fun stuff in there. You can find that link at the website or in the show's description. Again, that website's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. I will see you tomorrow. Until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.